What's happening, ladies and germs all over the world? Welcome to a brand new episode of Prime Talk with yours truly, the one and only Rodimus Prime, here on this Monday night, this late Monday night, if you will, June 21st, 2021. Uh, yesterday was Father's Day. Hope all the amazing dads out there had a wonderful Father's Day. Um, hope every hope you got everything that you wanted. You know, I know there's a lot of talk about Father's Day, Father's Day not being as big as Mother's Day, but both days to me are very important. Shout out to all the great moms and dads, especially the dads. Like I said, yesterday was Father's Day. Hope you wonderful, amazing, loving dads out there enjoyed your day. But anyway, on tonight's show, got a few things to talk about from the NFL, the college football proposal. Um, the NBA, the playoffs, the conference finals in both conferences are set. I'll talk about that a little later. And Hell in the Cell just got done watching that about an hour or so ago. Well, technically, a few minutes ago before recording. Uh, overall, I thought the pay-per-view was uh, a bit unnecessary, to say the least. But I'll talk more about that a little later. First off, I want to talk uh, some college football. Let's get into that real quick. Uh, basically, let's go into some small talk. Um, now, since last week, the committee, the college football playoff committee, has proposed an expansion of the college football playoff. Now, currently, it has four teams. The four best teams will face off with the two best teams facing off in the college football playoff national championship. They're talking about expanding the chip, the uh tournament to 12 teams with the six turn with the six conference champions and the six highest ranked teams and if i'm not mistaken uh the teams who get picked one through four have a bye week here's my thing on this honestly i think this is a lose-lose i was talking with my uncle about this earlier today you're still gonna have some teams out there whether they get whether they don't, you know, when they don't get picked, you're still going to have some teams out there that are going to say, well, we should have been picked. We should have got in. We should have done this. We should have done that. They're constantly going to bring up their strength of schedule. They're constantly going to say, well, this team faced five, six rinky dink teams and got in. But look at our strength of schedule. Our schedule was harder than theirs. We played like three or four ranked teams and you know, at least they probably won three out of four games. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's just it's just mind-blowing at how badly they can screw this up. That's how I feel. I feel like they're going to screw this up. I would have done eight. I've constantly said this on this show. If it were up to me, I would have done eight teams. Maybe six. I would have started off with six. You know, two teams get a bye week, then the other four play against each other and we go from there but 12 I feel like 12 is a little overkill because again you know you're always going to have that one team or two or three that say we should have got into the playoff but unfortunately they didn't and you know they haven't made a decision yet I don't think they should expand it I don't think they will and I think they'll keep it at four games maybe within the next few years They'll expand it, but for right now, they need to keep it at four because this is just disaster all the way around. 
let's talk some NFL news. Um, last week, the cover for Madden 2022 came out. And the two people that will grace the cover of Madden 2022, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Yes, the same two quarterbacks who faced off in the Super Bowl back in April. Now, it's been a while since I played Madden. I think it's a good look. I think this is the first time in a while they've had two people on the same cover. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be racking up on Madden. Very good game. One of the most legendary, not just one of the legendary sports games, but one of the legendary games of all time. And, you know, I think the cover is cool. I saw it, uh, I think, like a few hours after it came out. So, you know, it's a good look. So, again, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady will be on the cover of this year's Madden NFL football game. Eli Manning is coming back. No, he's not going to suit up for the New York Giants, but he will be working for his former team. He will be working for the New York Giants in a business-type role. Uh, according to ESPN and other sources, he will be in a business operations and fan engagement role. He will also work on original media content, which includes a new lifestyle series to premiere this fall. Um, he will also have his number 10 jersey retired in week three in a week three game against Atlanta. And he will be inducted into the New York Giants ring of honor. Now, we all know about Eli Manning's career. I think he's one of the legendary. I think he's one of the most legendary quarterbacks of all time he might have not had a stellar career say like his brother did but both of them got championship rings you know multiple pro bowls this and that and third so you know i think it's a nice business move for the new york giants and eli manning let's talk some nba um i'm just gonna recap some scores from the 18th up to last night there was no game tonight as i mentioned at the top of the show um both conference finals, East and West, are set. I have a lot to say about the Philadelphia 76ers. I will talk about that in just a moment. But let's recap from June 18th. It was Game 6 of the Eastern Semifinals between Philadelphia and Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta won 104-99. And then uh, the LA Clippers clinched their series against the Utah Jazz. 131 to 119. They won that series four games to two. Um, then on the 19th, we had a stellar game. Arguably one of the most classic games that I've watched in all my years of watching sports. It was game seven of the uh, Eastern semifinals. Uh, it was Milwaukee versus Brooklyn. And when I tell you this game was a classic, this game was a classic. Milwaukee won that series 115-111 in overtime. To say that Giannis and Kevin Durant put on, a, put on a show for their teams, for their respective teams, is a, is a big understatement. I mean, a really big understatement. Because you could tell that both teams were gassed. You can tell they were exhausted. Fatigue played a factor in, the, in this game. But this is one of the most legendary games that people will tell their kids, their grandkids, their great-grandkids, you know, two, three, ten years from now. 
and I was at the edge of my seat. Now, I missed the first half, but I watched the second half, and I was just at the edge of my seat with this game. You know, at first, when I did my playoff predictions, if you recall, I picked Milwaukee to face the L.A. Lakers. Unfortunately, the Lakers are not in the playoffs anymore, but Milwaukee's still in contention for the championship. But like I said, this game was just one for the ages. I tell you that much. Um, P.J. Tucker, he had 11 points, 5 rebounds. He played 38 minutes. Chris Middleton, 23 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. He played 52 minutes. Giannis, the Greek freak, uh, he played 50 minutes, 40 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. Blake Griffin for the Brooklyn Nets, 11 rebounds, I mean 17 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists. He played 40 minutes. James Harden, despite the injury that he has had, um, 22 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, 53 minutes. He played every single minute, every single second of this game. And Lord Almighty, Kevin Durant. I have to take a breath for this one. Because Kevin Durant, he carried that team on his back. Giannis carried his team on his back. I'm not taking nothing away from Atatakumbo. I'm not taking nothing away from anybody else from both teams. But Kevin Durant, to me, and I put an asterisk by his name. The reason being because he was the star. He was the MVP of this game. I don't care what nobody say. And a lot of people say, you know, he's starting to become better than LeBron and this, that, and the third. You know, they were saying that a couple years ago. He's up there with LeBron. Don't get me wrong. He's up there with LeBron. Right? But Kevin Durant, I mean, 48 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 53 freaking minutes. He played every minute, every second of this game. And despite the loss, I'm telling you, you know, next season hasn't even started yet, but he will be in contention for the MVP. And the Brooklyn Nets, once they get their pieces right or whatever the case may be, they're still going to be in contention for the uh, NBA title. Now, I was watching First Take this morning, and, you know, Stephen A. did his top five or whatever the case may be. He said the number one reason why the Brooklyn Nets are sitting at home for the playoffs, karma. Because, you know, Kyrie, he decided to play when he wanted to. Injuries played a factor. Steve Nash was doing what he was doing, and it basically came to bite them in the ass. It basically came... It basically caught up with him. So, I mean, Brooklyn, they've had one hell of a season. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, whatever happened, as far as injuries and stuff are concerned, basically caught up with him. So, it is what it is. A classic game, to say the least. Um, then we move on to uh, last night, or yesterday and last night, rather. Game one of the Western Conference Finals. Now, Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul, for various reasons, did not play. It was announced earlier today, at eleven, as of 11.55 Central Time, that neither one of them will play for game two. Chris Paul is out due to safety and health reasons, team protocol. Um, and Kawhi Leonard's out with a knee injury. So that definitely plays a factor for both teams, but... It didn't stop Phoenix from getting a W. Uh, Phoenix ended up winning game one. They ended up taking game one. 
120 to 114 over Paul George, Rajon Rondo, and the LA Clippers. Devin Booker, he recorded, if I'm not mistaken, his first triple double. He had 40 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. Stephen A. also said on first take that he he thinks that Devin Booker is the next Kobe Bryant. Now that's a real big comparison. You know, I don't watch too much of Devin Booker and the Suns. I hadn't been a Suns fan since Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. But Devin Booker, you know, he's one of the young players that's really carrying the league right now. And this dude's on a whole nother level. And for him to be compared to Kobe Bryant, you know, being that that was his mentor and stuff, that's some tall shoes to fill. But Devin Booker, you know, he definitely did his thing with without uh, Chris Paul. So, again, uh, the Western Conference Finals, Game 1 goes to the Phoenix Suns. Game 2 is tomorrow night, as of this recording. And Game 7 of the Eastern Semifinals between Atlanta and Philadelphia. Now, I watched this game. I ended up dozing off to sleep. And I woke up and saw that Atlanta ended up winning 103-96. So, they are going to the Eastern Conference Finals, where they will play... Well, they will play the Milwaukee Bucks. Game one is Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Here's why I go into Rant of the Week. Rant of the Week goes to Ben Simmons. Or better yet, the Philadelphia 76ers as a whole. Okay? I'm going to start off with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has been the talk of the town since last night. I wrote down his stats for this game, okay? He had five points, two for four from the field, eight rebounds, 13 assists, and he played 36 minutes. You mean to tell me he gets five points out of 36 minutes? And my biggest gripe with him was late in the fourth quarter when they were down by two. He passes up a layup and passes the ball to Joel Embiid. This man, you know, a lot of people say he's scared to shoot the ball. He's no scrub. Don't get me wrong. He's no scrub. But the fact that he acts like he's scared to shoot the ball is baffling to me, and it just really pisses me off. Joel Embiid, you know, he has an injury history. He's no exception. You know, he's made some mistakes in this series. Doc Rivers. How many times has he lost in Game 7s now? How many times has he lost in Game 7s? I don't want to hear what he did with the Boston Celtics. I don't want to hear what he did with the L.A. Clippers. I'm talking about now. This is his first year as head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, he got the team. He's definitely led the team to where they are. They had the best record in the East. He made those guys earn it. I don't care if you're a male or female. If you're a coach of a team, you got to make those people earn it. And that exactly, that's exactly what he did. But for the fact that you cannot get over the hump in a game seven, what does that say about you as a head coach? And getting back to Ben Simmons, God almighty, five points in 36 minutes? I don't understand why this man does not have a jump shot to save his life. If I'm Ben Simmons, I'm finding every basketball court, every gym possible, and I'm working on my game throughout the whole summer. Now, Doc has come out and said that the 76ers um, are planning to help Ben. But then again, what if they trade him? Who's going to pick him up? 
you know, I saw Skip and Shannon, you know, they're, they're saying he's got to go and all this type of stuff. And the same thing on first take. Stephen A., I've constantly brought him up a lot in this on this show. But he said that he would trade Portland C.J. McCollum for Ben Simmons. I don't know if that would work out necessarily. But the point being is this was just atrocious. And Ben Simmons should be embarrassed. I'm embarrassed just to watch him. I'm embarrassed just talking about him. And it is a damn shame that because of him and other reasons being that the Philadelphia 76ers season is now over. And, you know, he he did say that he wasn't there offensively. No shit, Sherlock. You weren't there, period. I mean, you were one of the reasons why in game five, y'all blew a 26-point lead against Atlanta. And you let them win the game. If I'm not mistaken, that was game five, right? Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. That was game five where they blew that 26-point lead and everybody scolded them. And rightfully so. And the same thing goes for Ben Simmons from last night. The fact that you act like you can't shoot the ball, isn't that the purpose of you having... Isn't that the purpose of you playing basketball is to shoot the ball and score as many points as possible for your team to win? In the words of the great Herm Edwards, hello, you play to win the game. Unfortunately for Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers, they did not win the game. Because Ben Simmons played the worst game possibly of his career. And he has the worst free throw percentage in the history of the NBA. In the playoffs, at that, 34.2% from the free throw line. That is embarrassing. Again, if I'm if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, if I'm Ben Simmons, if I'm Ben Simmons, I will find a gym. I will find somebody to help me with my shooting because he needs it. Because last night really proved the point. He has no jump shot. That was just embarrassing. Now let's talk about WWE's Hell in a Cell from last night. On the whole, I thought this was a whack pay-per-view. And I just got to say that they have, and I think I've said this on the show before, they have clearly watered down the the Hell in a Cell match, the concept, all of that. They have constantly watered down this shit to the point where it doesn't mean nothing. And last night's show, this was the last Thunderdome pay-per-view. Okay, the last Thunderdome pay-per-view ever. And I hope and pray to God that we never have to go through anything like we did last year leading up to this year. I hope and seriously pray that we never, ever, ever, ever go through this again. And I hope and pray that I never, ever, ever have to see anything from what I saw last night for a while because their next pay-per-view is Money in the Bank. And from what I saw from the results and the highlights of Monday Night Raw, they're already setting up Money in the Bank. And it's going to be in Fort Wayne, Texas, the first pay-per-view with fans in attendance since WrestleMania. If you don't include WrestleMania, it's going to be the first live, well, the second live pay-per-view wait hold on it's going to be the first live pay-per-view since the pandemic 
if you don't include WrestleMania. If you include WrestleMania, this is the second pay-per-view with fans in attendance. Because they're going back on the road. They're going back on the road starting July 16th, two days before Money in the Bank. And then they're going to have their first Raw live show with fans the night after Money in the Bank. So hopefully Money in the Bank will be will be uh, better than what we saw last night. And then they're leading up to SummerSlam in Vegas. Anyway, let's talk about Hell in a Cell. They added a pre-show like two hours before the show. They added a match, a pre-show match, two hours before the show. It was Natalia, one half of the women's tag team champions, taking on Mandy Rose. Now they showed where they're... Uh, where they were going back and forth on Monday Night Raw before Hell in a Cell. Then they got in some brawl. Then we led to this match. Um, I thought this match was okay. I mean, nothing else much to say to it. Um, Natalia won with the sharpshooter. 9 minutes, 45 seconds. I gave this a one and a half. I didn't really care for this match. You know, no disrespect, but I don't really care for both teams, to be honest with you. If I'm just being completely honest. We kicked off the main show with a Hell in a Cell match too. There were two Hell in a Cell matches. Honestly, I don't I didn't necessarily think this match should have been in Hell in a Cell, but I enjoyed it for what it was. It was Bianca Belair defending the SmackDown Women's Championship in her first ever Hell in a Cell match against Bailey, who lost the championship last year to Sasha Banks in Hell in a Cell. Uh, Bailey has basically been trying to play mind games with uh, Bianca. Bianca, you know, she talked about how people have laughed at her in her face and how it's disrespectful, this, that, and the third. Then we get to this match. And I literally thought that this match was pretty stellar to kick off the show. Um, Bailey was using the kendo sticks. Uh, Michael Cole had said something. She basically caught what he said and told him to shut up. She's been going at him for a long time. And honestly, I don't watch SmackDown much, but I love it. I really do love it. Um, but, you know, uh, Bailey basically got caught and got suplexed, I believe, through the kendo sticks. Earlier than that, she was using Bianca's braid as a weapon. I think she tied her braid to the chair or something like that. And Bianca used it as like a, a handcuff, you know, while taking down Bailey. And Michael Cole said that Bailey got haircuffed. I didn't know if that was supposed to be funny or what, but, you know, it's Michael Cole. So what do you expect? Anyway, like I said, overall, I thought this match was great to kick off the show. Bianca Belair went with the KOD by slamming. Uh, Bailey onto the ladder and getting the one, two, three. She still is your um, SmackDown Women's Champion. 19 minutes, 45 seconds, four out of five. Then we have uh, Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Now, Seth is still mad that he lost at WrestleMania. He's lost another time against uh, Cesaro when Cesaro got the chance to challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Seth has been doing each has been doing everything in his power to get rid of Cesaro. They had a one-on-one on SmackDown Friday night. And Cesaro pushed Seth 
office chair, office director's chair, and Seth was not having it. When Cesaro was coming down to the ring, Seth attacked him from behind, and they were just going at it. Um, these two were just going back and forth. A great match. Well, I take that back. A pretty good match, to say the least. Um, just a lot of back and forth stuff. Seth multiple times tried to go for the curb stomp. It didn't work. Cesaro hit the swing on Seth. Um, towards the end, I think uh, Cesaro was going for another sharpshooter or something like that. And Seth pulled him by his pulled his head down and rolled him up with a and won with a roll up. He won with a roll up and he beat Cesaro. So Cesaro is two and one against Seth within the last few months. And Cesaro was just beside himself because he couldn't believe what happened. 16 minutes, 15 seconds, Seth Rollins gets the win with a roll-up. I gave this a three. You know, these two can do no wrong. Seth, I don't know what his gimmick is necessarily, but Cesaro, you know, he's one of a kind. He's definitely a treasure. And it's, it's pretty sad that he has gotten the limited push that he has in WWE. But Seth... I guess you can say outsmarted Cesaro with the win. Then we had Shayna Baszler versus Alexa Bliss. Oh boy. Now, earlier in the show, Alexa cut a promo before her match. She said, one, um, it's not my fault of what's going to happen. And two, expect the unexpected. I didn't want this match to be expected. I didn't want this match to happen. You know, the less I say about this match, the better. I'm just going to say Alexa won with Twisted Bliss in seven minutes. I'm not even going to rate this match. You know, I'm just so sick of this. I'm sick of all of this. I'm sick of this stuff with uh, Shayna, with the way they're booking her. Reginald, why is he on TV? And then I'm sick of Nia Jax. I'm sick of this whole rivalry. And the one thing that sticks out in my mind is... How are the fans going to treat this gimmick that Alexa Bliss is doing? Now, granted, it's great. It's ran its course, if we're being honest. But how are the fans going to react to all of this? Especially now that Lily is quote-unquote in timeout. But you know what? I don't know. I really don't know. I just... Like I said, the less I say about this, the better. Let someone. Anyway, we move on to a, a match that's way better than the match prior to this. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Apparently, Kevin Owens was selling a throat injury because he got hit with the Nigerian nail by Commander Aziz, uh, Apollo Cruz's enforcer, if you will. Sami Zayn, he said that karma or justice will be brought upon Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn is just, he's just something else. He's just, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say about Sami. Sami is just Sami. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, anytime they have a match, they can do no wrong. And these two put on another stellar performance. I thought their WrestleMania match was a little better than this, but I enjoyed this match for what it was. Sami Zayn hit a nasty halluva kick for the win. And he basically said that justice was served and oppression will not happen. 12 minutes, 40 seconds, 3 out of 5. Like I said, these two can do no wrong. 
Uh, then we had a match for the Raw Women's Championship as Rhea Ripley defended against the Queen Charlotte Flair. Honestly, the build to this match is has been trash. The rivalry to this the rivalry as a whole has been trash. The match I thought was okay um, until the finish. Uh, one thing that was noticeable and the one thing that was embarrassing was during the match, Rhea was down on the mat. You know, she was being beat down by Charlotte. And Charlotte was kicking at Rhea. Basically, she was kicking at air. To say the least. She was literally kicking at air while Rhea was moving. And I just thought that was so embarrassing for her to do that. But, you know, the action was okay. Except for the finish. They got onto the outside. And Rhea took the cover from the... um from the announce table and hit Charlotte in the head and she got disqualified when was the last time somebody got disqualified for that except Rhea Ripley Rhea Ripley literally got disqualified and Charlotte won by disqualification in 14 minutes 10 seconds I gave this a 2 because this match was not it honestly wasn't what I expected now I saw on Monday Night Raw Charlotte challenged her again so they will be facing off again Oh boy, at Money in the Bank for the Raw Women's Championship, where I think, you know what, I'm not even going to give my predictions. I'll wait till the Money in the Bank card is official, but something tells me that they will put the sh- title, they will put the strap back on Charlotte, whatever. Anyway, Rhea is still the Women's Champion. She said that's not what they want to hear, and after the match, uh, Charlotte is between the ropes. She's watching Rhea walk up the stage into the locker room. She said, you're learning, bitch. And Rhea looked at her and said, well, I would have done the same thing you would have done. So that really didn't make no sense to me. But, you know, I mean, it's WWE. What more do you expect? And then in the main event, we had a Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley, the almighty Bobby Lashley, defending against Drew McIntyre, where if Drew lo- if Drew lost, he would never again get another title shot so long as Bobby Lashley is still WWE champion. I thought this was the second best match on the entire card. This was just brutality, no pun intended, at its finest. Because these two were just using stairs and tables and all this stuff. MVP at one point got involved a few times. Uh, McIntyre laid him out. Um, like, like I said, it was just a war. Just an all-around brawl. But the only problem I have an issue with this match is that Drew was going for a Claymore at the end of the match. MVP, who he thought he took out, grabbed his leg and I think Lashley counted for a roll-up or something like that. Anyway, a very, very wonky finish. I was scratching my head about that. But anyway, uh, Lashley ended up winning 12 minutes, 12 minute, no, 25 minutes, 45 seconds. I gave this a three. You know, I didn't necessarily care for the match per se, but I thought it was... Uh, It was good for what it was worth. Um, Question is, who's going to face Bobby Lashley at Money in the Bank? 
I'll tell you who that is. Kofi Kingston. So that'll be a pretty good one come Money in the Bank. Uh, but as far as Drew is concerned, he can no longer challenge for the title. I'm glad that this is over for now, as long as Bobby Lashley is champion. Um, overall, I gave this pay-per-view a 2. Superstar matches and overall, well, I already gave you my overall rating. But superstars of the night go to Bianca Belair, Bailey, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. Matches of the night go to Bailey versus Belair, Cesaro versus Rollins, Lashley versus McIntyre. Um, yeah. I just hope Money in the Bank is better than what we saw last night, because last night was just... Uh, I don't know what to say about Money in the Bank. I mean, Hell in a Cell. Like I said, they have just truly watered down that whole match concept and stuff like that. But anyway... Um, that is the show for tonight. I'm going to, uh, get some shut-eye here. But, yeah, I will be checking out Money in the Bank as it will happen in less than three weeks or so. Um, who do you think will walk out Mr. or Mrs. Money in the Bank? That is the question I have for y'all. But anyway, I am Rodimus Prime. Y'all have a blessed night, a great night, a safe week at that. And I will see you guys next time.